Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers podcast. I am in a major transition between living in one place and another, between closing a major chapter and entering the great unknown. I know this space. I love this space. It brings me back to the cycles of birth and death, endings and new beginnings. We're all born and we'll all die. And while I have mentioned previously that this podcast will be covering such topics, we're now arriving to the first episode that touches on this. I had the privilege this year to have been surrounded by so many midwives, midwives of many different backgrounds from clinically trained to lay midwives and everything in between, whose paths all led them down the road to working autonomously and outside of the system. Something radical to many since this puts them at legal risk always. However, I got to see the quality of this continuity of care between midwife and pregnant woman directly with no middleman in between. Every woman should be able to give birth however she wants and with whomever she wants, no matter her preferences. And we need more midwives, all different kinds, but there's definitely a shortage of autonomously working midwives. And it's just nice to know that that option could be available because it's often not. In this episode, we dive into these topics with Vanessa Brooks, a midwife in southern Spain who's really passionate about changing birth for the better. So without further ado, since the birth of her first children in her teepee, Vanessa Brooks was inspired by the magic of birth. Her passion saw her accompany many women from her community through their journeys. After witnessing her first hospital birth, she realized the incredible gifts those births had been. Trust in the process was deep inside. 20 years, hundreds of beautiful births, and many years of speaking internationally on birth finds her now running Da'alu's Oasis, a project to return to training post-modern midwives. She still enjoys being with a few families a year, seeing inspiring gentle birth as life-changing. I also want to add that Vanessa wanted to make a clarification. At some point, she mentions her time in her community with 40-something births and no hospital transfers. She later corrected herself and realized there were two transfers during that time. Still a very small amount, but important to make that distinction. So I'll share in the notes all the links to Dalu's which is starting to pop up in other parts of Europe and hopefully continues to grow. So good morning or good evening, wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, who am I? I'm Vanessa. I'm a mama. I have three boys and a grandmother of three boy grandchildren as well. Um, And I'm a midwife. Uh, my story, where does my story start? Uh, my story starts from going to India and really seeing a completely different culture to Bournemouth, which mm. is a south coast English town, very boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> Full of old people, um, which opened my world out completely um, to a different culture, a different way of being. Um, and also to observe birth. I wasn't particularly interested in birth at all. I wanted to be an architect, not a midwife. Mm. So um, actually, 
I, I noticed the births that were going on. In the, I lived in a really, really tiny village in Gokana. Um, and I noticed them just because it was really such a beautiful thing and it was such a celebration. Mm. Um, but I wasn't overly interested in mm. it then. Um, so I had to return to Europe, um, return to England, and was like, oh, this is like horrible. <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> and grey and nasty and the people are weird and the food shit and uh, just cold and I just couldn't handle it at all so I came on holiday to Granada how old were you? I was how old was I? I was 27 okay by this point um, I've done loads of crazy things for them <laughs> but, uh, you don't, probably don't need to know about those we'll at start all. at 27 anyway we'll start at 27 um and loved Granada as a city, loved the Spanish people, loved their passion. Mm. Um, but within three weeks, I was pregnant with someone completely random. <laughs> 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 and I was like, shit, what do I do? I don't want to go back to England. Um, going back to India was a, at one point an option, mm. but was feeling a bit like, whoa, that's quite a big step, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I also didn't know how much India had changed in the time it was so long mm. ago it was like I was like 17 when I went there so a lot had changed mm. I felt so I asked around and I asked all sorts of people and someone was like I know a, a midwife and she lives in this hippie community in Ogiva mm. which is not so far from Granada mm -hmm. so I went to this place it was so beautiful mm. and we're like fountains and cascadas and pools to swim in mm. and it was absolutely incredibly beautiful and I went to meet a midwife called Fiona Shaw who lived there, she'd had her kids there um, she was part of just 25 people that were starting a small community there and I was totally in love with her straight away mm. I was like yeah okay this is the woman that I want to be there when I have my baby so I moved to this crazy place in a teepee to have my baby. Nice. I freaked out my whole family and all my friends who like, were like, you're fucking mad. What are you doing? Why are you going to this place? Um, but I felt really safe there. Mm. I felt really safe. I felt really nurtured. I felt the nature was incredible. I could swim all the time. The weather was nice. Um, yeah, it was great. And I was mm. really, really looked after as a pregnant woman. Mm. Absolutely. Um, particularly as I was, I was a single mum because uh, there was no dad. Well, there was a dad at one point. But, but he's random, but apparently. Yes, yeah, super <laughs> random. Super random. Um, so, yeah, I, I moved there um, with, like, nothing, really. And I had a baby there. Mm. And it was freaking amazing. It was, like, really, really just, like, such an amazing... Um, experience to be with all these people that believed in birth um, and just have this like tribal support while I was having my baby mm. I didn't know anything else mm. um, but I was really really spoiled and mm. I was really spoiled postpartum when actually I had every meal brought to me mm. for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks it was super lovely mm. um, and where we were living in Beneficio there were communal meals um, for breakfast and dinner so actually, you just had to like wander up the path, and there would be food mm. and support of the community. Um, not so many other women with babies at that time, two or three. Um, but in the time that I lived there, 
um, 46 babies were born wow. in those mountains. Um, it's quietened down a bit now. And you were at most like, of those births. I was at I was at lots of those births. Um, and yeah, the the giving giving birth in that place was really really super magical. Mm. The women were really really fit and really well um, nurtured. Um, we ate really simple food. We had no gas and no mm. nothing, nothing, electricity, nothing. It was super simple. We did women's circles every week. We had um, an anipi at full moon always. Mm. We had, we, it was a really held space um, mm. that moved from like 30 people to, there's probably now 200 people in Beneficio mm -hmm. now, but in those early years, it was a really tight community. Um, it was really cool. Yes. So I helped, I mean, I didn't know anything about birth, mm -hmm. but I really, really enjoyed my birth. Mm -hmm. And people kept asking me, and I've got no idea why, because I'm really squeamish. <laughs> and I they don't just kept asking so, you to be at their birth. Just asked, people just uh, kept asking me, um, which was really amazing. You know? So I attended all of these births, and they were, you know, obviously birth varies so much. But they were all in their way super incredible, super supported by the tribe. Mm. Um, and all in all that time, there wasn't a hospital transfer, wow. which was really, really incredible. Wow. Um, but after many years of, of helping people have babies and beneficiaries, someone outside the community helped me, asked me to help them have a baby. And I was like, okay. But it was such a different experience without the communal kind of vibe. Yeah. It was totally, totally different. You know, after the, when the babies were born in Beneficio, we would, we would like blow a conch. Mm. And it was really incredible. Mm. Get to see a tree wrap. Mm. Um, so I went to help somebody out of the community. And during the birth, she was bleeding quite heavily. And okay. actually, um, I was like, shit, I don't, I don't know enough. Yeah. So we went to hospital. Yeah. Um, which was a sensible thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and we got there, and actually it was really like, it was just so weird after all the other experiences that we'd yeah. had. It was so weird and horrible, actually. Even though, actually, it was just a really normal birth. She just actually gave birth when we got there, and it was fine, and she was fine, and... I think for her it was it was okay, you know. She yeah. was really supported, so it was fine. But I came out there thinking, what a fog. Yeah. Actually, what the, what was that? Yeah. That was horrible. Is that how people give birth? They're all screaming and it's all really nasty and yeah. you know, it was really nasty. So from that point on, um, I had this passion to really like make sure that people had a nice time while they were having their mm. babies. Um, because I had a really nice time and I saw loads of other people mm. have, have a really nice time, you mm. know, ultimately. So um, I did some work. I carried on helping people have babies within the community and I also worked for Midwifery Today, who are a big uh, magazine mm. who do conferences. So I met all my heroes like Ina May Gaskin oh, cool. and Gail Hahn. What was your work for so them? I was teaching oh, cool. and I was volunteering 
And I was running around in these, like, you have to wear these, like, weird red nylon jackets. <laughs> really, really weird. And actually hanging out with loads of Americans, Whoa. which was, as an English person, was really refreshing because I'd been to a few conferences in England and because I have no paperwork, I'm a lay midwife, I was, like, the, like elephant in the room that no yeah. one wanted to talk about actually it was wow. really and people were actually also really horrible to me wow. and really like completely uninterested in my experience even though like, Ina May weird. is a lay midwife as well so, it's just totally nuts yeah so. um so I really enjoyed to be with them and it was like such a learning experience. And we went to all sorts of places. I went to Russia. What? We went to Denmark and <laughs> Copenhagen and Germany oh. and Belgium. And well, we went to all sorts of nutty places. This little island off um, in Finland. Anyway, I, we, we did loads of nutty stuff. Um, <laughs> and during that time, I spent loads of time talking to um, <clears throat> student midwives. And it was incredible what they didn't know. It was incredible wow. what they did know yeah. as well. Yeah. But it was so, it was incredible how much they didn't understand really what birth was. Mm -hmm. It was incredible that actually in many, many countries, even though the conferences were so incredible, it was really hard to get midwives to come. Mm. It was really a struggle. Lots, mm. of, lots of doulas came. Yeah. And I mean, each conference, there was always 350 people there. Yeah. From like thirty-two countries, it was yeah. always a really incredible. But we did one in England, and we got like I don't know, we got like thirty like normal midwives. Mm. Everyone else was like birth keepers, and yeah. you know, and it was amazing. And the midwives that came had a great time. But I think the generally midwifery is quite can be really closed-minded, yeah. and it so has to do with the education. Yeah, you know, it's really the roots of and and the sort of people now that are also going into midwifery. Yeah, and I well. think there's something to say about your experience at in Beneficio in like your first era of births being like completely fine. And like, what does that say? It's not this outside force. It's like the space around birth. And then coming, like, swirling back into the woman that has the biggest effect. And if you go into birth, not knowing that that's the most important thing, but thinking it's all these, like, meticulous physical things, then you're miss. I don't know, you're almost missing yeah, you're the missing point of <laughs> birth <laughs> in a way. Yeah, Although absolutely. those skills are good to have. Yeah, so. the, skills are, the skills are good to have, but also the fear that I see the education brings in mm. is really intense. Mm. And often the university training is really great because mm -hmm. there are some amazing lecturers mm -hmm. and all sorts of people that are really great. But when women go into clinical practice in the hospital, it's really horrible. It's mm -hmm. really, really... There's, there's bullying in midwifery for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's like so strange. I think because it's under this patriarchal kind of system, it's in this other system that it doesn't quite fit into, which is just the whole world at this yeah. point. And it's like this competitive kind of this versus that that it's, we have all over the world. I mean, I like, think this isn't. I think also if you have slightly alternative views and you're trying to yeah. you're trying to pop yourself into a kind of you're being a square peg in a round mm -hmm. hole actually it just doesn't work mm -hmm. and also you know midwives are exhausted mm -hmm. you know and they're mm -hmm. not doing the job that they want mm -hmm. they want to be one-to-one -one, ideally with women they don't want to be running around yeah 
This and we actually need them everywhere in the world that humans are yeah. having babies. Yeah, they're essential. You kind of, there can't really be a shortage of them. No, so and there is a shortage of them because major. after 10 years, they, women don't want to do it anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a major shortage of women who can really, this, and this is, I mean, I want to hear your take on this, but women who can... I don't know how to say this right, but who can really support women like that? The, there's no in between. There's no middleman. And that's a very scary place to be in. And I think that's the place you've been in the whole time you've been doing midwifery is directly to the woman. Yeah, I mean, the, ultimately, the, the woman needs to be in the center. Yeah. And so often the, sin, the system is in the center. Right. You know, now in England, we have this whole problem where women want to have a home birth but they're told that maybe there won't be anybody to come and they'll have to come into hospital mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's like like yeah, a breach that's everyone's not getting, okay yeah <laughs> and know? everyone's getting c-sections if their baby's just sitting breach yeah. what yeah, totally. but only and not even because they're bothered by the breach it's because literally no yeah. one will support them and they're not quite comfortable free birthing which is also completely understandable so it's like ah and then there's nobody there there's yeah. literally nobody you have to travel basically here. (laughs) (laughs) You want to have twins, you want to have breach, but it, okay. So it's really, so when you started to, um, then you started to take births outside the community and I guess you've been doing that since. And how was that a big evolution for you? Um, yeah, it was a massive learning. It was mildly terrifying as well with that, without the support of the tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, people kept asking me actually. And I think part of, of being a midwife is really understanding that we need to give autonomous we need to be autonomous mm-hmm. the system but the women mm-hmm. also need to be autonomous because ultimately the person giving birth is the woman in this mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. as a midwife i can look into someone's mm-hmm. eyes and i can tell them it's all okay but they need to be empowered within that mm-hmm. situation otherwise mm-hmm. well, what can we do yeah really and it was really amazing for me that the birth that we were at because I was there for hours before, and then you showed you showed up, you know, as it's getting intense as most midwives do, and it was like in all my experiences of a midwife showing up, it's like they have the gloves, they're like making sure that this is okay, how are you doing, kind of counting, writing, doing like all the mathematics of like showing up and making sure that everything's like logistically in order, whatever that means. But it was just like, boom. it was almost like the lights went out, there was like a candle in the room, and you were just, your eyes were just like piercing into hers, and then the baby was born, I think 30 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> I thought we had hours, but it was like you showed up you kept that space and this is the thing that like I hope other midwives and I think a lot of midwives even in the system know this they know a lot of them know this and they love this about birth and that's probably what drove them into birth but they have their hands tied often where this precious bubble that keep that generally keeps birth very safe is not it's not the first priority. It's like lucky if it's there. And then you have the whole role of doulas where doulas have come in to keep that bubble, ideally. But it's like, that should be the first thing for everybody in the room, this like oxytocin bubble. Yeah, that's what we need. All we need is oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it can be super missing. Mm-hmm. And without it, actually, it's totally incredible that women give birth without it. Mm-hmm. Actually, what a total miracle! I know they show up to How hospital they, and st- yeah, still I'm do like, it. Wow, it's, it's like, like having an orgasm with all the, with loads yeah. of people watching. Yeah, and, and writing or things. something and writing things and being on their phones like and opening, snacking. closing the door. 
Like, it, it, for me personally, that wouldn't be going on. It's really amazing. And then that actually gives me even more faith in birth, in a, in a way. Yeah. Okay, so you've built this amazing thing, um, Da'alus, this school that's growing. So where, where did the conception of that start? The school really came from talking to, to student midwives. Um, mm -hmm. during the tours with midwifery today and also we did um, and I hope we'll do again um, a tour of England in the summer and Germany mm -hmm. um, where we put up a great big space and we talked about birth and I spoke to loads and loads of midwives there as well lots of whom who were really really miserable within their training they didn't find it empowering um, so and obviously there's as you've been talking about there is this gap mm. there's this gap between like this normal normal midwifery and this like all these darn hippies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and there's mm -hmm. not so much in between mm -hmm. and the women are just falling down this hole mm -hmm. so what we need is women-centered autonomous midwives mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. world and this yeah. was so obvious from talking to all these these student midwives who are also making themselves ill by doing things that they didn't want to do every day yes. in hospitals, which is really, really horrific. Mm -hmm. You know, in lots of countries, you have to do a certain amount of episiostomies mm -hmm. before you oh. can tick your box, actually. And actually, that means that students are doing episiotomies on women that don't need them to get oh, their numbers. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't pass. Like, what the, so what the hell? You know, yeah. this kind of thing is... It's not... We need to keep our integrity as midwives yeah. about what is yeah. okay. Things like that aren't Like, either okay. you get sick or, you know... And it's really scary because, I mean, my path is through doula and then, you know, walking down this midwifery path, however it's going to manifest, I don't imagine myself going, getting papers. It could happen. I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> not... If, if I had to... Dis if I discovered before these times... If I was walking this path, I probably would have gone to school too, and then I probably would have burnt out. I don't know. But it is really scary, and this is something that, because a lot of people who are not into birth are going to listen to this podcast too, and this actually affects everybody in the world, because it has to do with the health system, and that you, you either you serve the woman in the process, or you have to serve the things that you're tied to, like licensing. And sometimes it works. Sometimes the birth is moving in a perfect way. Hopefully often it is where you still nothing. You didn't ever have to, um, sorry to use a strong word, but betray the woman. You didn't have to. Like, for example, there's many midwives who um, have maybe have no problem with breach, even love breach, but because they're working in a midwifery group in a hospital or because they have their home birth practice, which they're, um, yeah, they have to abide by the licensing or by the laws, then they can't actually the licensing or maybe not the licensing, the insurance company says, sorry, you can't support breach. And then they can't support breach. And then they transfer this woman who then gets a C-section and in their heart of hearts, they didn't believe that was the right thing. But yeah, they, I mean, this yeah. is terrible for your health. This is to horrible. constantly do things that you don't really think are okay. Yeah, is really, really not serving yourself, yeah. but also not serving the woman either. Yeah. I mean, insurance. You just mentioned insurance. Insurance is just like the evil of the world. <laughs> Generally, totally. I mean, a few times they've been handy, 
for not in a birthing situation. Actually. Not for anyone not, either. Well, not, not for anyone. So um, it's the insurance, the insurance companies that are often making the protocols now, mm-hmm. alongside um, some board of directors for the hospital, half of which don't know anything about birth. Insurance companies also know nothing about birth, apart from the statistics that they pour over, mm. you know. But actually, this kind of evidence-based care thing that comes out all the time it's like actually yeah this is the evidence within these within these parameters Mm -hmm. within your parameters Mm -hmm. but if you push the parameters much further and you look at the statistics for lay midwifery or women Mm -hmm. who just actually just give birth in a field like the place i was in india actually 85 percent of women will give just birth just give birth yeah yeah actually yeah you know it's actually cheaper for everyone (laughs) it's cheaper it's more satisfying (laughs) yeah nicer to be with a family yeah there's like every reason but actually we've been like so driven down this path by insurance companies who make shit loads of money and pharmaceutical companies also making shitloads of money yeah, yeah. and actually now birth is totally powered by money yeah by these two things yeah and even in places like holland where birth for a long time has been like at the, they've just been like the yeah. best yeah in the western birth, world yeah go to holland. be dutch, be dutch. <laughs> for lots of reasons actually just be dutch why not but actually now the dutch system is also being completely pulled apart because Mm -hmm. lots of the older midwives who have like towed the line forever and ever and are just being stabbed in the back because Uh they don't want to go with the protocols yeah Mm -hmm. they want to do breaches at home why not Mm -hmm. actually they've done them for like 20 years (laughs) what the hell yeah you know and they're being told they can't can't help someone to birth if it's more than 40 kilometers from the hospital yeah you know, all sorts of crazy shit. And the idea that if you're pregnant with twins, it's almost like a death sentence. Yeah. Absolutely. Almost anywhere where you are. It's like, first of all, it should, you should, it might already be difficult to accept because you're like, shit, I'm having two babies. But it's something that we should embrace. And then to be able to find a midwife who will support you. I mean, it's not that complicated. You just need more hands. It's just like birth with two babies. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, when it's like people are coming here, it's like, you know, I know here that they do it here. And then it's like, where else? It's like, you're lucky. Oh, he'll allow you to birth yeah. vaginally if you do it in the operating room. It's like, what? <laughs> thank you for being allowed to do yeah, thank to give you. birth, girl. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? <clears throat> we need we need also people working in the system, great people. We need great midwives in the hospitals, but we also need autonomous. We need all the choices available yeah, to absolutely. everyone. That's the thing, because it might be the right thing for you to go to the hospital, and, and that's beautiful, and that might be where you feel safest. It might be what's actually right for your health conditions and then you should be supported in that and then also you should be supported if you want to birth twins at home and there should be a midwife available you know well also you shouldn't think that every time you help someone have a baby you might go to prison either that's also yeah you know it's like you know okay it's something that every lay midwife lives with yeah ultimately yeah you know what of what you know she has she can possibly have infinitely more experience than a new student midwife that's sent out to a home birth yeah but actually when you're not covered by this blanket of the system Mm -hmm. then you're so exposed as well and it's so 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 rare that a court case is brought by a mama i yeah it's super super rare it's hardly ever the ever the mum and the dad 
because mm-hmm. they were in this intense situation. They knew that their midwife was like 100% yeah. there for them. Yeah. You know? And actually, sometimes babies die. Yeah. That's how, that's how yeah. it is. Sometimes people die. So so some people, a... people die. Every day yeah. people yeah, yeah. die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So actually, we really have to be super aware that the system, you know, we're, we're not going to be burning witches anymore because mm-hmm. it's probably seen as kind of old fashioned. <laughs> but we'll put them in happening. prison. <laughs> We'll put them in prison or we'll yeah. find them or we'll drag them through the courts so they lose their homes. And this is what's happened in Holland. There's a big swathe of really amazing, mm-hmm. really respected midwives. And for some reason, they've been taken to court mm-hmm. because they've helped someone have twins, I think for example. every amazing midwife that I've met here who have traveled here, like every amazing birth keeper, whether they were trained in the... It doesn't even matter what their background is. Just all the midwives I've met who really are like quite radical but actually to me quite normal they're just supporting women um they've all had a court case like that freak because i know i'm walking this path and i'm like shit (laughs) it's gonna be me (laughs) at least i mean none of them have had like a horrible prison sentence but all of them have had a huge stressful annoyance with the law i mean there's a really there's a really amazing woman called agnes greg and yeah. anyone who's listening to the podcast and they really want to see um, really what birth is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite a radical idea to think that midwives go to prison. I mean, it's not for us, but yeah. out there in the world, yeah. you know, we did a whole um, set of photographs of midwives in prison at a festival. Um, oh, wow. And it was super, super cool. But people were super shocked. They were like, why are midwives? What is going on? This is right. nuts. These women, cho- they, they choose these right. this practitioner like you choose your dentist yeah you know or yeah. your whoever your yeah. gynecologist or yeah. whoever you know so um yeah i think it's it's a really good thing to get out there in the world and agnes ha- has really been a kind of martyr for the birth mm-hmm. you know bless her really. is she out so now? She, yeah, yeah she is now she was pardoned oh, she was pardoned by like the president of hungary was hungary it? yeah yeah absolutely he totally stepped in and was like this is ridiculous but that not after you know that was after six years of first being imprisoned and shackled um and then on house arrest yeah really really like Oof. you know and and all from um, helping women have babies. And she's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. So, what's your vision of birth in the future then? Let's or see. what would you, <laughs> what, or um, what ideally? I mean, I'm really hoping that, that what we can set, what can happen from the school, mm-hmm. what we can create here is not just amazing birth keepers, but really a love for community. Yes. Because this is so part of what we do here. Yeah. You know, the school is very much the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually the community where you as students live, mm-hmm. I mean, it's full on. You all live in that tiny field. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> hardcore. Like, Whoa, it's hardcore. <laughs> no electricity, no water. No. Full on. Really, it's not a very big space no. at all for that many people. Yeah. Um, so that's so part of the learning for me to be to be you know living off grid, really close to the land. There's herbs. It's a really really beautiful area. Yeah. Where we yeah. are. Um, that's really hardcore. Yeah. As well, and that is really part of the learning. Yeah. You know, to to be to be to live in community to understand how other people think understand how many different kinds of people there are mm-hmm. actually because we can't make judgment as mm-hmm. all sorts of women have babies mm-hmm. actually we just have to be 
super open to what everybody, every woman wants mm-hmm. and to be able to give it to her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that we can, like, have a Daraluth in every country. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not just the school, it's the community and it's the amazing kids that get to grow up because they are like so like wow with the ceremony and the ritual and just bringing it back into our lives I mean that's been a huge theme for me this year um but yeah the things that I mean we weren't designed to live in a box and give birth in a box and (laughs) feed our babies in a box while the man goes off to work and is there two out you know just to sleep it's like this is not this is actually not organic this no. is inorganic. Yeah. And, the, and people become ill. Yeah. You know, we're going back again and again <clears throat> to this, that the world is getting sicker and people are getting sicker. And it's because actually, I don't feel, I mean, sometimes I'm sick for sure, but actually I can just sit in the nature, you know, mm-hmm. and I can be looked after by a community of people mm-hmm. and be cared for, you know. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's so many people in the city that I can't imagine to be a mum with three kids in the city. Oh my god! In a in a flat, I'd go oh completely god. nuts. Oh my Absolutely. god! It's not, not really natural. knowing anyone. Probably really being the odd one out, in, because I didn't think the same way as all the other people in the mother and baby group for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think we all have to just find our spot. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but women deserve the choice you know we're coming right back to what we said right at the beginning of the conversation Mm -hmm. that women can give birth however they want but they really need to be informed really really properly um, so they know the choices Mm because culturally women have no idea those are people that have no idea you could even give birth at home I mean like what's that about yeah you know so really changing let's change our birth culture mm-hmm. do you, you think know. it is changing mm, no i think it's getting worse <laughs> oh no okay but now we're making it better <laughs> we're making it better here we're trying really really hard but yeah. i think out there there's there's just some yeah. i mean uh, i'm english so i follow really what's going on in england but there's yeah. a new nice guidelines out right now and nice is like the guidelines that midwives in hospitals are expected it's not like the law but they are expected mm-hmm. to follow um, all about induction mm-hmm. and they are super horrific mm. it's just like actually no women don't need to, very rarely need to be induced yeah the whole documents are coercive it's, it's terrible oh my god that document we looked over <laughs> oh yeah that document that document was horrendous trying to tell people they're safe oh my god yeah so um yeah this is the health at large so okay let's if you have one one piece of wisdom that you want to leave everyone with, because this is so rich, I feel like we could go on forever. Yeah, I'm like, when do we even stop? And also that people should understand birth affects everyone. We're all born. Absolutely. We're all born. And for sure, <laughs> that actually those first moments and what happens in those first moments has to be important. It is. You can't just rule yeah. out the fact for the mother, for the father, for the siblings. But so much for the baby. Yeah. And I really see the kids around here are really amazing. And, you know, I don't want to say, like, anyone's kids are better than others. That's so not true. But actually to have the opportunity to be brought up like this... Oh, my God. ...is really, really incredible. Speaking more than one language, really being in in the wild, really understanding what community is from being really, really tiny. Yeah. This is actually... Oh my god! The I can't wait to see what so they're like ways. when they're yeah. older. Too. Well, there are lots yeah, there of older are, ones. and they I are mean, amazing. Kids are Your kids are and them. amazing, and actually, all these kids that we party hard with, you know, 
Club, Listen, chef. The thing about community is that when there's a big rager party, the three-year-olds are there and like the yeah. 80-year-olds are but there. But also the 20-year-olds are there yeah, it's who amazing. were born here yeah. and they all know each other. And they and know their all, midwives. And they know their midwives and they, they have a feeling that they are safe mm-hmm. as well. And, mm-hmm. and they are solid with each other. They're so strong. And that's super, super cool yeah. as well. Okay, so if you want to leave us with one oh last God, piece of wisdom. <laughs> Let me think. Piece of wisdom. Anything. Um, yeah, let's all midwife each other. Mm. You know, we have to really try it's crazy times. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to try and all be really kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and really see, really don't be blind to actually what's going on. Mm. You know, and yeah, come here. Yeah, come, come here. hang out and see come how here. it can be. Because <laughs> we're so spoiled. We're so, so, so spoiled. We are. So Thank you are. so much, Vanessa. Let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm.